you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 222. On tonight's episode, the Pat Manlings got a little bit of help because the Pat Manlings on vacation. So, he's going to bring in a friend from Minnesota to talk about the Midwest meltdown and maybe a little bit about war cry. Now shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools! For the next two hours, roughly, uh, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a couple laughs. You know, typical intro. Um, yeah. Bringing you Warcry, Midwest Meltdown, and other things. I'm Dave Whitek. Sorry the intro was so rough, but that's not my job. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, Alex is not here today. He's on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. So um, I'm here solo up till the first commercial break, and then I am going to be bringing in a very special guest who is going to join me to talk about uh, Midwest Meltdown and some of the, the demo of Warcry that we got. But before that, folks, uh, need to go through the show business, if you know what I mean. Uh, I need to thank our sponsors, uh, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs and other cool MDF stuff like movement trays and tokens and things like that. And of course, Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Um, also want to thank our Patreon sponsors, uh, all those people who decide this show is actually worth giving some of their hard-earned money to. Uh, especially want to thank our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. Uh, thank you all for being a part of the almost 1% who make this show what it is. If you are even remotely interested in throwing in 50 cents, a dollar, whatever, per show, just to help the show keep doing the cool things it's doing, um then go ahead and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. Um, I really appreciate it. Can't thank you enough. Uh, let's see what else. Let's jump ahead uh, real quick. Let's get to voicemail. That's right, voicemail. Uh, we got a couple, and I want to play them. Um, I'm not... Well, maybe I will. You know, let's see how this goes first. Uh, first voicemail is, I believe, from Joshua. Uh, this one came in before we recorded the last episode, um, but I didn't get it on the last episode because of the book coverage. And I think he's talking about an event that's actually going to be like when the episode drops. And I do apologize, but I still wanted to make, you know, hey, if you send a voicemail, I'm going to do my best to play it. So I'm going to start with uh, this one right here here. Hey, David and Alex. It's Joshua from Florida. Leaving you guys voicemails kind of like Pringles. Once I did one, I want to do some more, especially when I'm bored and driving into work or home from work. Anyway, just want to give you guys some uh, hobby news. I'm getting all ready for Nova. Just bought uh, Aventus Firestrike. We'll see how the uh, Stormcast Goatbird does. And um, just want to say to the listeners that uh, we have our Carnage event for Crucible in October. The Carnage event is going to be 
at Coliseum of Comics in Florida, um, August 10th, starting at 10 a.m. First place is a free ticket to the Crucible Con in October. Hope to see lots of people there. And uh, once again, thanks, guys, for everything you do, and thanks for actually getting my voicemail on the air last time. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right, so the first event, uh, well, there's one event in October, but uh, Coliseum of Comics in Florida, if you're listening to this, it's probably already started because um, I just didn't get this out um, on, on that quickly. So, um, But thanks for calling, Joshua. Um, we always enjoy getting your uh, voicemails on the air. The next one is from a good friend who we have not heard from in quite a while, um, but he's doing well, and I am just glad to hear his voice, and I will be playing this other message for you right now. I don't know what kind of operation you're running, but who are you to be ghosting the cranky lawyer, dodging my calls? I even tried calling the your your cell phone number and you just sent it right to voicemail. What's up with that? Nobody goes to cranky lawyer except people with caller ID and people that know better. Okay, so most people go to cranky lawyer, but what are you doing, Manling? Ghosting the cranky lawyer. What's up with that? Sheesh. Okay, so that had nothing to do with the show, but cranky lawyer is a good friend of mine. I was not ghosting cranky lawyer. For the record, I was um I was painting or uh, restaining and painting my deck when he called, and I was uh unable to get to the phone to answer the call. And apparently he called my phone and uh, then called the, yeah. So, Cranky, we miss you. Um, hope you're doing well. I just I had to put it on because I just, I, yeah, Cranky is a good friend. So um, Now, for those of you um, who maybe missed the last episode or so, uh, we do have a contest going on. And that contest is going on until the end of August, till August 31st. Uh, and then we're going to, on the... September, the first show in September, we are going to announce the winners. Um, Six Squared Studios, our sponsor, is sponsoring this contest. And uh, they just want to hear a positive story about you and your hobby. That's all. Uh, How'd you get into the hobby? Why do you stay in the hobby? Um, What's your favorite story about your best time doing stuff in the hobby? Literally anything. Anything but a, a positive story we get a lot of negativity floating around um on the internet uh social media is a cesspool as we all know and uh he just wants to hear something positive that's what the guys at six squared are looking for you can leave me a voicemail to tell me your thing or you can email it uh to garagehammer at live.com just put six squared contest in the subject line so we know that's what it is. Um, Alex and I and uh, and Kevin and Brad, we're going to pick a couple of our favorites from the entries and uh, play them on the air. And then uh, Kevin, being the owner of Six Squared, uh, he's going to pick the winner. Um, 
Winner gets a $100 gift certificate to Six Squared Studios. Uh, that will get you a bunch of movement trays or bases or bits of terrain. Uh, they do a lot of stuff on there. So um, go ahead and get those entries in. Um, right now, um, <laughs> right now your odds are pretty good at winning. We haven't gotten a ton of them in, but then again, I only announced it on the one show, and then we didn't really amount it too much uh, with the lore and war of Slanesh. Um, we did get a, a voicemail entry. And so I just uh, wanted to uh, play one of these just so you could hear um, what it's like. Um, So I'm going to play this last one for you. And then after that, I think we're going to take a quick commercial break and then come back with our guests. So here is uh, one of our entries. Hey, Dave and Alex. It's Chris. I just heard on episode 220 about that, you know, why did you get into it and all that. Uh, a group of friends got me into it in high school. I stuck with it for the storytelling and, uh, you know, the aspect of you're face-to-face with another person having a good time. It's me out and about. All right, well, love the show. Keep it up. Bye. There you go. It's that simple, folks. It's just that easy. It's just that easy. It's your voicemail. It's your email. You do with it what you like. You make it the way you like it. And then we will listen to it and we will play it. And then it will get judged. And then someone's going to win a $100 gift certificate to Six Squared Studios. Um, That's an awesome gift. So people, get on it. Get your entries in. Like I said, leave it on the voicemail or just go, uh, if it's long, you know, got a good story garagehammer at live.com put six squared contest in the subject line so uh i'm gonna take a break uh i'm gonna be right back and jump into the toolbox and all the other goodness for this show in just a moment see you in a minute Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We are back, that's right, back here in the crypt, and with our special guest, uh, all the way from Minnesota, Chris Broska. Chris, thank you for coming on the show. Hey man, super weird to be back on the internet again, so right right on man, I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is a, spare, a rare treat, getting getting you out, out on the air, so I am uh, very excited. Now you... You guys, uh, you and and Rotor and and Fenske all came down to uh, 
down to a Midwest meltdown. And since we're talking about that primarily later in the show, um, I know when we were sitting around just talking about the event, you guys really had some, you know, some insights into it. So I was like, oh, I'll get these guys on because you do a lot more tournaments than, and playing than I do. So I figured getting your take on it would be something worthwhile here. Oh, we, we've just got harsh criticisms at the Great <laughs> Fair. Just so many issues and complaints about that sack of <laughs> event. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. So, um, well, you know what? Before we jump in to that, it, it's time for the Toolbox, brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. So, um, Chris, uh, we usually start off, we do talk about hobby and gaming and then anything other that we think is interesting in our geeky fandoms. You been doing some hobbying since uh, Meltdown? Uh, yeah, dude, I've been actually jumping between assembling, uh, Dalak models for Necromunda and finishing off my last, uh, Shadespire, uh, crew, which is the Eyes of the Nine. Those are some nice is that, models. Is that, I, no, wait, we didn't, you didn't play against that when we played a little, uh, uh Underworlds that night, did you? That was my, uh, Reavers list, right? I, I think, didn't we play two games? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I think I. I, I did. I did play against your reverse with, uh, with my gits. Yeah. 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 They were pretty cool. Yeah. So I've been working on that, just trying to like finish them off. I had gone like super hard on Underworld a few years. Or wait, can I? I can't swear, can I? Uh, I'm like marking a, down I, when you do, and I'll edit it. But if you <laughs> if you keep it to a minimum, I don't have to write as many times down. But uh, ladies good. and gentlemen out there on the internet, I'm an outdoor cat, not really an indoor <laughs> cat. So. Uh, <laughs> You'll have to excuse me if I slip here and there. It's um, okay. Like I said, I'm just watching the timer on the recorder, and every time you say one, I just write down the time so I could jump in there and put in the cuckoo. It's not that big a deal. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, when uh, Underworlds dropped years ago, um, you know, I got into it and was playing it quite a bit, and I sort of painted like three crews at the same time, got them to about 80%, and then just sort of moved on. So... Uh, I was going through old projects a couple weeks ago and came across them and was like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I, I got to jump in and finish these off. And it was sort of, they were all at the stage of painting where it's really fun, where you're just dropping those pop highlights and the detail work where you can sit back and go, yeah, dude, this thing looks rad. Um, so I sort of jumped in and finished them. And uh, at Akon, Rotor had, can't remember if he'd won it or what the deal is, but he'd picked up the eyes of the nine just immediately tossed it to me. Oh yeah. They were in, they were in all the, they were in the bags in the swag bags. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cause I've got like three czar bags gets from people who are like, Hey, you want this? And they were just tossing me. I'm like, I'm giving them away on the show as gifts. Cause yeah. How many is our bags gets to us? One person need. Right, right, right. So yeah, I've been basically finishing those off. You know, I had intended on painting like, 1500 points of chaos space marines for an event in september but immediately hit the eject button on that <laughs> you know well usually i can batch paint and get a lot of work done pretty quickly like at, at my house everybody goes to bed at like nine o'clock so i've got pretty much three hours of hobby night every single night so in a lot of cases i can get a pretty large scale job like that done in a, in a couple of months but it's just been a fun summer, and it just seems like every Friday and Saturday when I usually get a couple of hours in for sure, the neighbors want to hang out, and my kids got 
football and blah, blah, blah. So it's been pretty tough to commit to that level of a grind in this season, you know, so. Every summer. Every summer I tell myself I'm going to paint a whole army, and then it's like, oh, no, friends are coming over. Barnett's here. He wants to play a board game. Harrison's going to college. Hey, Dad, let's go catch a movie tonight. Yeah, I've got like 400 points painted over this summer. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so I decided to just sort of scale it down and just do some small skirmish-level stuff. So getting these Shadespire things done, and uh, we're going to be – apparently there's going to be a big Necromunda – campaign at the fantasy of light game center uh, this fall so i've been trying to get models done for that so i can be involved because those guys run a pretty fun event nice uh, when they put that on yeah so trying to get that stuff done what uh, what have you been doing over there dave um well i got those 80 um uh, uh chain rasps and i've been oh, doing gross. <laughs> uh and just doing the contrast paint on them uh i got oh, that's cool. I got the green, uh, you know that that you know they put it out before the contrast paints came out. The green that everyone's painting their undead with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit it with that, then uh, you know lightened it up a little bit with some gray, and now I'm taking, uh, and now I'm doing eighty cowls, and uh, I'm hitting it. I, I I did a test model, and it turned out, you know, for me it's pretty decent. I'm at that point, like you, you guys are like, you know, we win awards with our painting, you know. I'm like, hey, if it's okay on the tabletop. I'm good because I'm just at that point where I don't have that kind of time to put in to get to that level. So um, I hit it with the black contrast paint, and it's I thinned it out a little bit, so it's more of a grayish. And then I'm hitting it with that shyish purple contrast paint over it, thinned out. Cool. And it's a really dark purple then, and then a dry brush of a regular light purple. And they're coming out okay. Like, so you mentioned those... those uh, Undead paints that they released were those actually like round one of contrast? I didn't realize that that's what those were supposed well, to sort of they be. They were technical paints, so right. I mean they're not really contrast paints, but if you thin them out with medium, they work similarly. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see. Okay, okay. So yeah, I mean they're not really the contrast paint, but I just hit it with that, and then I took like uh, one of the grays, you know, like an Ulthuan gray or something like that, and just kind of dry brushed over the the bottom part of it real quick just to lighten it up as it goes down right over the green and i mean like i said for what i'm for what i'm looking to do which is get my stuff painted to a decent standard where people look at it and say hey that looks nice you know not like yeah. oh hey you at least you have hands and a brush you know if if they're if they think it's decent on the tabletop i am we're good i'm moving on because i'm really focusing on the death army but this is like hundreds of models between skeletons and you know between night haunt and legions and the gosh it's just hundreds of models i don't have time for you know all that i just want to get it done speaking of which that skeletons paint i sprayed them with the you know the the bone whatever it is for the country and i hit them with that skeleton paint and then a quick dry brush over of uh of the regular bone dude that looks nice (laughs) like Uh, it's. I'm. I'm glad you used that. I was going to ask you about it because I've actually got a. I think it's called Skeleton Horde. Yes, Is that the one. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you pictures gotta, of it. It's cool. Um, you know, for what it is, it's quick. Now, the the funny thing is, everybody's like, "Oh, contrast! It'll be so." It's it's not any faster. No, because the problem with the contrast paint is it's so translucent that 
like normally when I paint, I start at the most recessed thing and just paint up. And if I paint over the lines, I just cover it up with the next layer. You right, can't yeah. do that with this. So you really have to go slow and paint in the lines or go back with some like gracier or whichever color you you primed with and fix it. So it's better to just go a little. So I'm not painting much faster, but I'm using far fewer steps to get to that table standard. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. That was sort of my thought on it when I first started playing with a little bit was, you know, you have to be a clean painter to get the most out of it. You can't just slop that stuff on because it's got a high viscosity. It's going to get all over the place, you know, like yeah, much. And you and you nailed it. It's it it just cuts down a step. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that later when we get into Midwest and we start talking about beasts because that was my first uh, painting. My monster of uh, the meltdown was sort of my first uh, foray into the uh, the contrast paint world. So we can we can get into that later. We can get sure. real deep on some paint stuff. But yeah, because with the skeletons, I'll say um, you know I've got the banner bearer. And I'm doing basically the bone and then everything that's cloth is purple. And then I'm going back with just the metallic paints and doing the bronze. So it's just kind of, right. I'm trying to keep it simple. Man, the contrast paint is quick, but that big flat surface of that wavy banner, every brush stroke is there. Like I'm looking yeah, at that work. going, I'm like, nope, I'm going to have to go over that with regular, regular paint or a second coat. I find if you do a second coat, it looks like regular paint. Like it's, then it's thick, yeah. you know. But, oh, no, the big flats are, like, I will not be, like, the ultramarines, I'm just keeping what I've been doing. Spray them blue quick, yep. you know, because flat surfaces are not your friend. Yeah, it's, uh, and again, it's, it's you have to think of it like a high pigment wash. So, you know, I've seen people try to paint um, Stormcast with them, and, yeah, they look like trash. Like, it's just, that's, it's a, it's, it's a paint that you really have to pick your battles with. Like if you're doing like Sylvaneth, yeah, dude, go for it. You know, undead. Yeah, go for it. Anything with a lot of cracks, a lot of crags where, you know, something that you would go wash heavy in traditional painting. Um, that's, that's where it's going to shine. Right. Otherwise. Yeah, dude, let, let your airbrush do your heavy lifting for your shading or yeah, you'll have to get in there with a wet palette and do some blending. Yeah. But other than that, like I said, I'm 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 enjoying the painting again. You know, I will say this: the snake bite leather for your leather is great. One coat, boom, and that yend and yellow, whatever it is, it's called. Uh, yeah. I, I had some uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Riders of Rohan. Sure, you know they're all blonde and riding around. That yellow man, you hit that just undiluted in the hair, boom, blonde, perfect done doesn't need another touch i was like that's bananas because i never painted anybody's hair blonde because it never works for me well that's also something i was kind of curious about is uh even i mean you know i've been painting with on and off with different type uh iterations of gw paint since like the 80s like some colors behave differently and that's one thing i was curious about with the whole line of contrast is there like some paints that work beautifully and some that are a little bit more challenging, you know, and because at this point I've sort of figured out what colors I can use in the regular line and which ones just don't behave. So it's sort of like uncharted territory in that respect. Like, Hey, which, which one's really going to play nice 
And which one is, yeah, there's just a lot of pigment in it, and it's kind of crummy. Yeah, I bought about half of them, just the ones that I thought I would use more with this with this army. Sure. Um, and uh, most of them have been pretty good. The shyish purple is really thick. I am contrast, uh, that, that contrast medium, I am thinning yeah. that down like crazy because it's thick and it leaves all the brush strokes. Um, the browns are nice, but um, you sort of got to pick your, uh, I mean, the, the pick the right color for it otherwise that seems a little thick as well right but uh i don't know i'm 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 enjoying it it's kind of getting me back into the feeling of i I can sit down and paint every night and do some work so yeah well and sometimes you got to do that sometimes you got to take a hiatus and that's healthy yeah because yeah yeah, I'll i'll go hard for months and then just burn right out and i see people constantly writing on the internet or on reddit like hey man i'm burned out how do you fight being burned out don't fight it, dude. Just take a break. Yeah. Like, or change you know, up what you're doing. That's my biggest thing is like if I start going bananas on these, like if the chain rest are driving me nuts, I'll grab a character model and just work on one little part of it. If I just want to keep going, just got to change it up. Yeah. Yeah. True. Got uh, to keep healthy or worse comes to worse, play Red Dead Redemption for a while. <laughs> yeah. Just there bail. Yeah. Okay. No more of this. I gotta get out. I gotta break out the Xbox. Okay. Yep. Um. So that's it for hobby. And uh, so for gaming, I've just been playing some Warcry and, and doing the Midwest Meltdown, which we will talk about at after the toolbox. So if you've got any gaming other than those two things, uh, the only gaming tomorrow night we're playing some Arkham Horror, the card game. Have you ever played that one? I have not. Yeah, the the LCG that they made where it's like cooperative. Uh, a couple of us, me and Mikey G, uh, have been getting together on a pretty regular basis playing through that. Super great game. I know it's this is a GW-centric podcast, but I'm just throwing it out there. Cthulhu is always welcome on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, really, really fun game. And uh, you can play it solo, so it really scratches that itch if you're just in the mood for a game, but you can't get a hold of anybody. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool that you can just like you know, set up a game by yourself and, and go through it. Nice. Um, but, but I haven't had a chance to play anything else since meltdown. I've been trying to, uh, trying to build up my, uh, brownie points again with the family since I've been abandoning them on a regular basis to go paint and, uh, jerk off with my friends in other States. (laughs) Yeah. I got, uh, I got two games finally came through on my Kickstarter. I got death path, which, uh, a friend of mine, Johnny, uh, made, uh, and I backed it. Um, it's a quick little card game. It's kind of like playing The Running Man. I think I've ran across it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, it's it's quick. It's simple. It familiar. It's kind of it's it's you're just flipping cards and like seeing where the maze takes you. And then if you come across something, you fight it. It's 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 a fun, quick game. Um, cool. It's one of those games where after you're you know you're kind of burnt out from playing games at the tournament all day, and you just want to have something that you can just play without having to think too much about it. That works. Yeah. Cool. And, and then I got Trogdor, the board game. Oh, weird. Yeah. They they put out a board game where you're all part of the cult of Trogdor, and you're helping him burninate the countryside. Dude, that is an internet reference from legit, like, 15 years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's... Did, they, did they start it 15 years ago, and it just finally got funded and got released, or what? No, they just did it, like, a year <laughs> ago. And weird. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, you're doing what? And I'm like, I'm in. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's, it's fun, but it's silly. Oh my God. All right. And then you got any other? Nope. That's it, bud. 
Yeah, me neither. Uh, I did go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Probably, oh, how was that? You know, it's uh, it, it, it's outside of the last twenty minutes, it's like the least Tarantino film that I've seen. It's like he's he's flexing different muscles with this. It's like he's kind of slow slower pacing it. Um, okay. I I thought it was really great though. I really liked it. Um, and then other so than it's that, it's about the Manson murders, isn't it? Isn't that the not cornerstone? Not really. Oh. It's it okay. It's 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 a once upon a time. So ju- did you see Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. You know how that ended? Yeah. Similar type thing. The, he okay. does run across the Manson people, and the Manson people are in the end. But if you think they're going to go in at the end and go, uh, no spoilers. But it doesn't end like real history. Okay. Because it's Tarantino. Right. Um, but the just the story and the acting is is really fantastic. I really liked it. I loved it. So um, it was funny. I walked out of the thing. It was okay. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, wow, that was pretty good. And my daughter went with me. She's like 16. She's like, Dad, that was, she just wanted to go because DiCaprio was in it. Sure. And she's never seen a Tarantino film. She's like, that was not like anything I've ever seen. I'm like, we'll go home and watch Reservoir Dogs, sweetie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll blow, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I so. took my daughter to see. Uh, I took my daughter to see Crawl the other day. That's the uh, Sam Raimi movie about the alligators that I heard are that's like great. basically. It really was. I thought it was going to be trash. And uh, and like quick backstory: my daughter is like your standard like thirteen year old cheerleader, all American white girl. But her her quiet passion is she loves movies with animals eating people. <laughs> so. Any like shark attack movie or like The Revenant when the bear houses DiCaprio and anything like that, she just loves it. So she's been <laughs> she's been begging me to take her to go see Crawl, and I was like, yeah, all right, you know. And I'm I'm always down for a weird, you know, B movie. And Dude, it's Sam it was, Raimi. I'll, yeah, yeah, it was it was really good. I was really surprised. So That's uh, very cool. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of watching uh, alligators uh, wreck face. You know, it's uh, not a bad flick. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna have to give that one a viewing. Yeah, I mean, if and if you go and ex- like, if that's your expectation level, you know. Oh, like, I saw the pre. I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad, you know. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. We, and that's what we thought, and we went in, and we're like, oh, actually, this is legit. Okay, cool. I love a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so I think that's it for the toolbox. Cool. Um, let's move on to uh, well. The, before uh, we got too far into uh, doing stuff at Midwest Meltdown, and we showed up on Friday, Saturday, uh, Alex gave us a demo of Warcry. He did. Oh, you know, I didn't know. You know, nobody knew what to think about this game, what it was going to be before it came out. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Like they showed you this, and it's like people were, oh, is it only only going to be chaos? Blibble blabble. More stuff's going. That game is rad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, we, okay. So driving in that weekend, uh, Rotor and Nick, that was like one of their goals. Is like, we want to play Warcry. Want to check this out, blah, blah, blah. And I was just sort of on the fence, you know, because there's just so much stuff now, you know, like I, I think back even 10 years ago, you'd have to wait seven years for an army book update Every two or three years, a skirmish game would come out. You'd get just, three books, maybe four books a year, because it was every yeah. other month, and it was okay. January or February, you got a, a you got a fantasy book, and then two months later, you'd get a forty k book, and then two months later, you get a. So you got three books a year. You were lucky. 
Yeah, yeah. And and now we live in this day and age where like multiple companies are dropping multiple games that are all great. The model quality is just top notch, you know, and I don't know if that's because they've moved into 3D sculpting and the process is that much faster now. Um, but stuff is just flying out. And I get to a point where I, it's just overwhelming. You know, like I like painting, I like playing, but goddamn, dude, I've got a wife and kids and a real job. Like I would have to quit my career to get caught up on all the movies, books, games, and whatnot. So I was kind of like, eh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this at arm's length. You know, so... We sat down to play that game, and I was... You didn't want to play, but Rotor was even, yeah. Rotor was doing something. Fenske was off making a phone call. Rotor's like, okay, hold on. You guys play. And you're like, eh, I'm like, come on, sit down and play with me. Yeah, literally. I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> exactly. You were like, uh, you're like, I don't know if I want to play. I don't want to get into this game anyway. I just want to see if it's any good. Yeah, and my deal was I didn't feel like getting locked into like a two-hour situation. You know, it was already like midnight or whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, and, yeah. You know, and a Alex started walking us through it, and he's like, you know, here's here's the loose framework of how it goes, and blah blah blah, and you know, we spent more time with him explaining what all the symbols are on the cards than actually having to be explained how the actual. Once we started playing, that was less yeah. time. Yeah, and and we played through a couple of activations, and then suddenly Alex is talking to Rotor, and I realized me and you were just playing the game. <laughs> like in 10 minutes we didn't need anybody to tell us how to play it we got it yeah and we were right in the middle there, of round three and rotor's like is this any good and 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 we're like yeah he's like you guys got it and we're like you guys we're on round three and alex is like what it's like you were on round one when i started talking i'm like well yeah flying through it yeah like it just it just clicked and that's when i was like dude this game is clever the, okay like, First this is all, clever game design. The things I like about it is because they also had because now GW was nice enough to get. Uh, uh, I got a I got a demo copy of the basic stuff. Uh, I know Domus and and, and then they had uh, like some of the uh, the extra crews and they had the cards. Yeah, and so you get the cards with the points. Um, now the game comes with your basic set with your with your two crews and extra stuff. But when you get the extra cards. To play, if you want to play like Stormcast or you know uh, Daughters of Cain, um, it comes with like seven or eight of the big cards that show you which units or which models you can take, and it does it in like every language they print, so that way they only have yeah. to make one set. But the actual card for each model, like the model's actual card you're using with all the stats, there are no words on it. Nope, it's completely universal. It's symbols and numbers, so they kept that simple. And there's only two different dice rolls you make in this entire game, which sounds like too simple to be fun, but it ain't. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there is a lot of juice in those two dice rolls, you know? Um, and I mean, I, I don't feel like we need to walk. Like, no, if you've you already picked every, it up, you know what yeah. we're talking about. But and I'll, we'll for those of cover you who, on an episode those of you who haven't played it yet, I mean, it's it's great. And and the fact that it was like I don't know we played like half an hour maybe forty five minutes and we were done you know like it was it was fifty minutes from starting explaining till we were done with the game and that's with the explanations um, we yeah so like when you're down with it it's going to be half hour games right 
Uh, I did play another game. Now, you know, the cool thing is with all the different scenarios and stuff, like we had one that was done by the end of round three. I played a different one where it was like kill the general. And it's like if you're not done by round four, if you haven't killed him, then if he's within four inches of the edge of the board, he automatically dies. Like it's like it forces you to move to the center. But the game could go a little longer. But it's just um, it's just really well done. Now, and the thing is, I know that, like the price tag on it, it's like what, a buck seventy? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's it's pretty imposing. And if you don't if you're worried about making that investment, have someone give you a demo. Because yeah. the other cool thing is I'm looking online now. If one person in your group buys the big box, you can buy just the rule book. You know, yeah. you can buy – they have different different terrain now. Like they've got one that used to be the Garden of Moor is like a new terrain set for this. And that comes with its own cards for terrain setup. So you can just buy terrain. You can just buy the rule book. You don't if, – if one person in your group invests in this or if you chip in on this, then, you know, you can – it's eight bucks for that card pack, and like I already have all those Stormcast models. Yeah, so I could play that, you know, right there, boom. And it's, it is, it's the. I mean, you only roll to wound because if I hit you, you know, if I missed you, then maybe I hit you and your armor deflected. Maybe I missed you completely, but you know, it's it's like pit fighting. If I hit you hard enough, you're wounded. There, that's it. It's just. Yeah, and I mean, they set that precedent 30 years ago with, like, rolling to hit, rolling to wound, making a saving throw. Literally 30 years ago. That's fine. If you want to boil it down to one roll so it can just be quicker, and, you know, if you roll a six, it does double damage or whatever, like that mechanic. Yeah, that critical hit is so good. It's great. Yeah, it's great. You know, it, it doesn't need to be a long, protracted thing. What's more important in the game is how you're using your guys, where you're positioning them. It's not just crunching dice. It's more chess-like in that respect. Yeah, plus, like I said, when you roll for that initiative, um, if you don't roll well, but you roll a lot of doubles or triples, suddenly you've got on the back of your card all these little bonus things you can do. And one of the things I learned is sometimes you really have to time that well because you can only use that ability on that character's turn so, like, I have abilities that will activate a guy next to me and give him an extra move. If I'm not near him and I've already moved, like, I, I screwed that up several times. Moved one guy, had his thing, and then moved the other guy. I'm like, oh, he doesn't move that quick. I'm not close enough to actually use the ability I screwed up. There's a lot of tactics and thinking that goes into this. A lot more than you would think after the first demo. Yes. Like, the more I play it, the more I'm like, whoa, there is so much I could be doing in this game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it it does make every crew very different. You know, it's not, you know, samey in any way. Like, uh, yeah, for 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 a small scale skirmish game, I I, I think they did a great job. And the and board's frankly, like what twenty two by thirty or something like that. I set up two TV trays, like the little tray tables, and yes. the board literally fit on the two tray tables. Yeah, the small footprint idea was a great one. You know, I know that they were sort of testing that out with Kill Team, and uh, well, guess what? It worked. Yeah. You know, like, because, uh, I mean, that makes it a great, like, cabin game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. you don't you don't need a six by four foot and tons of terrain. You can pack it all up into, you know, I'm just waiting to see uh, your boys over there at uh, Battle Foam put out some, uh, some nice foam trays so... You can just make that game as transportable as possible. 
there is a lot of terrain. Like I had to pull the little liner, the little weird liner thing out of the box just to get all the terrain in. And I still have a separate piece of battle foam that wasn't really made for it, but just to put all the models in because once you build, it takes up the box. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, I am definitely, I'm with you a hundred percent looking for something to make this game a little more transportable without smashing up your stuff. Yeah, so just just putting it out there. First guy that makes a nice set that I can stick it all in one box, you got my money. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll cut you a check right now. Yeah. So, um, I don't like I said. I think you're right. We don't need to go into too much detail. But you, if you haven't tried this yet, at least find someone to give you a demo because you will be hooked. Unless. As we've said, you're already overwhelmed and you got too many games. Then you may want to just stay away because you will get hooked. I don't know, dude. Sell your other games. <laughs> well, because this is going to like uh, it's so fast. I can bring it up and put it on the dining room table too. That's yeah. That's you know you don't have to be down in the crypt. I don't have to set up a table. I can put it on half the dining room table. So if other people are doing stuff, we can play on it. And there's still yeah. we're not taking up a lot of room. It's great. Yeah. It almost takes up less of a footprint than uh, Underworlds. It's crazy, like. Well, yeah, because once you get both of your boards out and you have all of your cards out and you got all your di- all your other stuff, it takes up. Yeah, it takes up, up about as much room as yeah. Underworlds, maybe a little less. I don't think I could put Underworlds on two card tables because of the way it has to spread out. Yeah, and I, I just can't remember the last time there was a game that this many uh, groups of people have been hyped for. You know, like there was a lot of excitement about Underworlds, but that almost still catered to like a card player crowd. Right. This is just a different animal, dude. Like, I I thought at some point they would be doing like a, a Mordheim reboot or something, and I think that's what a, a, a bunch of people were sort of expecting this to be, and it's not. No, the campaign yeah. system has that that feel to it, but it's definitely not Mordheim. Like I yeah. said, I was surprised. I mean. I liked it, but I like everything, right? Yeah. But you, who were coming into it already sort of just with that standoffish, I just want to see if I might even want to play if the other guys get it. Halfway through the game, you're like, I am all in. You're like, Rotor, this is bad. (laughs) Yeah, this is a bad game, dude. Mark that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) I, I just wanted to go smoke cigarettes and hang out, but then all of a sudden I was like, oh. Oh, no, this game's great. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was like you were disappointed. You're like, yeah. Oh, this is going too well. Oh, man, th- that's what Damn happened. Damn it. Yeah, they got <laughs> me. They got me again. Oh, well. And even, um, you know, when they initially dropped it, uh, that this was going to be Chaos Warbands or whatever, that didn't bother me at all. I was totally cool with seeing something new. And I just thought it was odd that you well, know, and you're playing weird... at the all points. Like yeah. you're tr- these guys, the guys in this opening set are trying to get Archeon's attention because they want to be a part of his crew, which right. made me think. Then what the heck are other guys doing there? First of all, I started looking through that co- the 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 lore in here and the different crews and stuff is good. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Stormcaster down there because, and it's it's funny because it's only the guys that came out with the Neve Black Talon, all of the little, you know, the guys with the pelts, the the scout guys. Yeah. Uh, and why are they out there? Because after the Necroquake, even around the All Points, there are storm vaults opening, and so Sigmar's like, get in there and see what you can find and grab those things and get out. So there's 
like legit reasons for everyone to be there because obviously the Stormcast, you're not going to send seven guys to fight Archeon and they sure ain't going to join him. So as you're reading through it, everybody's got a legit reason to be there. It makes all sorts of sense. I really like it. Now, do you feel like they added that on after they discovered there was a bit of community backlash about being like a chaos only kind of game? No, I was at, at at Acon, I w- I went to the, you know, the GW did their preview thing where you can come in and see what's coming. Yeah. And during that preview, they showed you the Chaos Warbands, but then they started bringing up symbols for all the other Warbands. Like, those sure. other symbols came up. So I think they had it already sort of planned that that would come out. Right. I think the backlash was your typical internet backlash. When you start, they see that the starter box is all chaos, and it's in the chaos realm, and the next, the, you know, all the extra ones that you see coming out all, were all chaos, like all the stuff they were showing you. So, of course, everybody everybody made assumptions and then said, oh, oh, this is going to be the worst thing in the world, because... Ugh, God, the internet. <laughs> social social media is a cesspool. But yep. Echo chamber filled with farts, buddy. That's all it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I think they had that in their plan, uh, and it was just, this, you know, that stuff you're going to see later. Right now, here's the starter. And, everybody, you know, of course, everybody sure. wants to see everything right now. So, yeah. But I don't know. Like I said, I, I know I'm all in, and I know it's been played. People have been playing it at Lindsay's. Uh, a couple of my other friends have already picked it up, and they're like, when are we going to get a campaign going? When do we get a campaign going? I'm like, all right. And like I said, the best part about it is you don't have to set aside three hours yep, or four hours, depending on how much you screw around while you're playing AOS. Um, if you set aside three hours, you can get in four games of this. You can just chug your campaign right along. Oh, especially once you have, like, a feel for your warband. I could definitely see, like, you know what all of your abilities are, where you need to be, you know. Oh, yeah. M- much like in a game like Shadespire, you know, Rotor and I were talking today because I had to redo my deck for the Eyes of the Nine because it was just trash. I basically went on the uh, Underworld's deck builder and just sort of grabbed somebody who had written up a list for the uh, the Akon uh, battle there right just to sort of get a starting point you know and i played it a few times and i'm like oh this is garbage you know and then i'm looking at the cards and realizing how many things in this game are based on positioning you know and and how vital that is it's not just card draw it's that and i get the feeling it's going to play very similar in um in Warcry, you know because you've got these abilities and they're all based on where you're standing who's nearby who you're trying to buff and whatnot and when it's just one activation per dude, you got to make the most of that. Right. And it's also that idea of finding the crew that fits with you because um, I played through a couple of different uh, Underworlds crews. And I just I decided I'm going to play the Gits at Akon because I just wanted to paint them. Yeah. And I was having trouble with my deck. And my friend Brandon, who plays a lot, was like, dude, here's the problem with your deck. It's all over. Like you did. I tightened up my deck. Yeah. And it's like once I know what they do. Suddenly, yeah, suddenly it's tight. You're moving fast. You know what you're looking for. You know how to do it. I think, yeah, like you said, once people get a feel for the crew they pick, because not everybody's going to be playing Iron Golems, although that's that's like the that's the the favorite on the interwebs again. Well, um, it's the easiest to paint, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think once everyone finds the crew that they love and you start playing it, it's, the games will be even faster because you know what you're doing. Yeah. So... 
Um, I think that's it for Warcry. Why don't we take a break? And when we come yep. back, we will talk all about uh, Midwest Meltdown, and uh, and then you can get, throw out all your complaints and tell how you know uh, how terrible it was. The uh, worst, just the worst, <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> all right, we'll be back, folks. Lindsay's Game of Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Wow, that's terrible. But they're not. They carry the full GW range for all your hobby cravings, and customers get 10% off their purchases every single day at Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. What makes Lindsay so special? Well, there's weekend events for AOS, 40K, Underworlds, Song of Ice and Fire, Star Wars Legions, pretty much every other tabletop game going on, and they've got something there going on almost every weekend. If tabletop gaming is your thing, there's always something happening at Lindsay's. But David, you say, what if I want to support Lindsay's but can't always make it out there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lindsay's online store makes shopping easy. Just go to lindsaysgarrison.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S garrison.com and fill your cart with hobby goodness. Show listeners. You can enter GH Savings at checkout for extra specials and discounts. And did I mention free shipping for orders over 50 bucks? Because, yeah, there's free shipping for orders over 50 bucks. That's like a book in a box or two boxes. It's so easy. That's Lindsay's. And don't forget, enter GH Savings at checkout at lindsaysgarrison.com. That's Lindsay's Game of Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. That's horrible. I'm leaving it in. And we are back. It's We're me. Back. Yep. Me and Braska talking Midwest Meltdown. And, uh, okay, so now this is the first time I got to go because it's, it's generally been right around a de- uh, Gen Con. Uh, and this is the first year in like six or seven years I haven't gone to Gen Con. And uh, once that got canceled, I'm like, ooh, hey, uh, Mrs. Whitehead. <laughs> If we're not going to Gen Con, I'm going to head over to Meltdown the week before. And she's like, oh, good, because I'm going out that weekend with my friends anyway. So I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Abandon the children. Yeah. (laughs) Screw them. God, isn't it great when your kids are old enough you can just buzz off? My youngest is 13. And my my in-laws, my father-in-laws at that point where he's like, you know, she still wants to go over and hang out with grandpa. Oh, cool. And he's like, any day, any time. Because he knows, like... Harrison's leaving yeah, for he, college in a few weeks. He doesn't see Harrison often. Morgan's a senior. He doesn't see her often. He's like, as long as they want to see me, I want to see him. You know? Well, and and let's be honest. The dude can croak at any minute now. Like, we're <laughs> at that age. Like, my old man died last summer. My best friend's dad died, like, a month ago. Like, you never know. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, my, my parents and my in-laws are all in the, they're all in their early 70s. It's like, yeah. He's like, I any time they want to come by, you tell me, and I will make sure. That, so I dropped her off. The other two, I'm like, you know, don't throw any wild parties. Don't, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't burn the house down. I don't want to get a call from the cops. I'll see you in a couple of days. You think they did? Uh, well, to my knowledge, nothing happened. All right. You know, actually, they, did. they did. We hit your place on the ride home. <laughs> <laughs> it 
got weird. That's, that's you know what? When I came home, I was looking around and I'm like, oh, it's kind of messy. I'm like, and I'm like, I don't think they did anything. Why? I'm like, because if they did, they would have cleaned too much. Right. You know, like, why is this place so clean? What did you do? Yeah, right. It's, it's, you come home, it just reeks like pine saw. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, God. You're finding things you shouldn't be finding under the bed. It's like, oh, my God, what happened here? Yep. So, no. So, we go to Meltdown. Uh, this is Domus' tournament, which Domus started a few years back. And, I mean, this is out of Domus's own mouth. He started it so that Alex, who was running basically every tournament around here, uh, so he could come and play. Oh, and, what a sweetheart! Yeah, I mean that's what he—that's what he told me. He's like, you know, Alex. At that point, with the exception of like Blood in the Sun, everything in the Chicagoland area was getting run by Alex, and he never got to play in a tournament. So, Doma started this up, and I, I okay, I gotta say, I you know, I don't go to a ton of tournaments, and the ones I go to are usually run pretty well. Domus runs a tight tournament. Yeah, dude, you got to yeah. give him props. Every yeah. that was the now I you know obviously I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know if how he felt or if anything was, if he was scattering his stuff done, but that went off seemingly without a hitch. Yeah. I think Thomas was being a little hard on himself one day cause he had to rejuggle uh, table assignments at one point, which is so not a big deal. I if mean, that's the worst thing that happens at your tournament. Congratulations. Totally for, for the scale of the event that they ran. I mean, homeboy did a great job you know and i mean i've i've always liked domus uh and that him running such a clean show just you know multiplied that that feeling for him i mean he he, he did great yeah and, i mean and, when you it was to our make first a- trip too and it was it was fabulous we'll absolutely continue to go if you if you've never been go i mean it, it was great yeah no it was it was top notch uh if you had to make announcements they were right in the beginning they were quick um, everything went smooth. One of the things I loved is, you know, he had the room open and it was completely locked and secured at night, obviously. Um, but he was in that room till midnight or whatever. And he's like, dude, like Friday, he was like, everybody bring your army and set them up Friday. Yeah. Like we, huge help. Oh my, that was the best because then you got a hundred people getting in line to, to get all their registration done. My army was out on a, on a, like all I had to do was go to my table and then it was like, leave them here Saturday night. Don't go put them away. Don't, I did not have to lug a case, my battle foam, any, like I set up Friday and my, everything stayed in that room until the last game Sunday, which the fifth game, as I'm taking them off the table, I'm sticking them right in the foam and then out, you know, out to the car. But that little thing was huge. Yeah. I mean, tournaments are great. They're fun, but. They're a logistical nightmare. They're a pain in the ass. It's annoying to drag all your <laughs> around. Like, this is not a, and especially with uh, the AOS sort of rules bloat that's happening now, where you got to lug around four different books to play the game. Like, it, it can be a little bit much. And mm-hmm. that one thing can just make it so much easier. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. I, like I said, that was, for me, that was a, a big deal just how smooth it was because then I could I didn't have to worry about all that other nonsense like we were done the game's over I'm like okay my army's back on the tray are you guys done let's go eat yeah. you know like there was no like there was more time for hanging out with your friends and less time for worrying about all the other stuff going on yeah absolutely and the fact that um, 
I think one of the things that I really enjoyed is the fact that he just went regular ass Warhammer. He didn't overcomplicate anything. It was just, okay, we're playing re uh, Relocation Orb, the end. And adding the little wrinkle of every, like day one, it was sort of like a beast themed thing in case you're not in the know of how this tournament went. Uh, yeah, every all player three realms, all the first three games are all in Gur. Yeah, and every player was required to bring their own beast model for it. And instead of, because in the rules, it's just you, you take a monster. So that means good God. And I, I sort of misunderstood that initially. And oh, the model that I, the yeah. model I'd selected was like a, it was like a Reaper model, but it looked closest to like the Dreadmaw from Forge World. And I'm looking at this thing, and it's like a 460 point killing machine. And I'm like, God, like, am I going to be a bringing this thing? And I'm emailing Domus, like, bro, what's the deal? He's like, no, 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 no. Look on Facebook, like, we've got our own War Scroll for it. And it was toned down enough that it was more like a turn one or two sort of annoyance. Yeah, I mean, that's it, and it was I didn't you could mitigate, you know. I did not get that either because I'm like, I think I'll bring a cockatrice because that does some cool stuff, but I don't want to bring something huge and be a jerk. And Alex is like, I got a dragon already painted, White Tech. You don't even need to paint it. You can just bring this dragon. It'll fit your army because I painted it for my Stormcast army. And I'm like, a dragon? Nah, that's going to be too much. And he's like, no, it's not. They're all the same. I was like, wait, what? Uh, I actually have – now, this is what Domus did. We're so dumb. <laughs> I know. You know and of course, and I love it because, you know, Alex runs so many tournaments, and he's always like, you know what? Read the rules pack. Please read – and he always tells – so I'm sitting there, and he's like, did you read the rules pack? And I'm like, of course not. And he's like, God, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to win. I'm going to hang out. Like, so here's – and I've got the God Beast uh, sheet in front of me, so everybody got this. Um, and he didn't overdo it. It's got 12 wounds. Eight bravery, eight inch move, and a five up save. Okay. Yeah. Um, now it says it can only take damage from melee and missile weapon profiles. Ignore any modifiers to its profile, positive or negative. It ignores the effect of all spells, prayers, endless spells, etc. And it cannot be affected by scenery in any form, including damage. It can't hold or contest objectives. So you can't. It's it's its stats are set. There's no. Don't worry about rend. Nothing. It's just. Five yep. up and twelve wounds, not super tough. It's got two attacks. It's got the vomit, which is one inch, three attacks, four by four, two rend, d three damage, and then a two inch smash, five attacks, four by four, one rend, two damage. If you get a really good roll off, it could it could mess up and take out a couple of guys. But for the most part, you yeah. just hit it with something that was strong, and you just I mean, you had to do twelve wounds to it. But like you said, by the by turn two, usually it was gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like at a glance, you see all those those immunities, and you're like, oh my god, this thing's crazy. Not really, you know. Like I was running uh, gutbusters all weekend, so I would just shove iron guts at it and delete it. Or um, what my but that, that was my initial thought. And then what I like to do with a lot of tournaments is I'll come up with my own secret objective because I know I'm going to get stomped. I don't. <laughs> I brought, dude, I brought gutbusters. Like, I don't ride the meta like a lot of dudes do. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, if you're down for that, dude, go for it. I just play so many games. I can't stay super current and cutting edge with with any given game. I just sort of show up and play. I have so an army that I play for about at least a year once it's painted. And if uh, I'm, I'm not bringing three different armies to three different tournaments over the course of a year, I don't have, the, like, like you said, no patience, no time. 
Right. Exactly. Uh, so what, so what I decided for this year was like, okay, I'm taking gut busters. I've got this dope tyrant that I converted with all these tusks and trophies on him. So my mental game was I'm going to have my tyrant kill as many beasts as possible. Like he's just going after beasts. I don't care what the scenario is. I don't care what the wind condition is. All I'm doing is going after that skull. And as soon as I get it, sweet, I've won in my heart. And it doesn't matter what happens in the rest of the game. <laughs> and, and I managed to do it twice. And, uh, you know, and it, it was pretty fun on, on day one, getting, getting to cut down two of them. Uh, the one that I missed out on, he actually shoved it, the monster, into a bunch of man eaters. And they just tore the thing to shreds before the, uh, before the, the tire could get there. there. Yeah, like if you could legally elect to not attack, I would have just because I would be like, no, 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 <laughs> they can hear the tyrant running and uh, he's yelling <laughs> at about to fight it that he wants a piece. So they put down. The, but you can't do that. If you're in combat, you have to attack and they just beat the piss out of it. So, yeah, um, yeah I actually was kind of doing that. Like the thing that it made you do was because it could it had you could put it within nine inches of your enemy anywhere on the board you still had to sort of protect your back end so it didn't just jump in somewhere on the side and crush a weak point for you so you well, had see, to think about I, it i did that on purpose to lure it near the tyrant so i would <laughs> set up and purposely do a refused flank and just leave a space for it but the tyrant is sitting there as the anchor and twice my opponents went for it they're like oh there's the gap Boop, there it goes. And I'm just like, yeah, you dummy. I'm coming at him. <laughs> <laughs> so turn one, this lone tyrant goes screaming across the table at this monster and, you know, tries to tear its head off in one go. That's a riot. That is so funny. Then that's that, that your, your little narrative gaming in there, you know. That's, yeah. And honestly, that's, you know, I know I'm not winning a bunch of stuff, so I'm kind of the same way. It's like, let's see what you can do to, to, to just run your own little story in the game. Uh, I made the mistake in round two because the first round it came in and hit one of my units and got several really good rolls and like deleted a bunch of liberators. I was like, oh, wait a minute. What? You know, so second game, I actually focused like everything on it to take care to, to so it didn't do that again. And of course, then I didn't focus on my opponent, and then he just walked up. It's just like, okay, now I'm going to punch you in the face because you were wasting time with that. So there yeah. was some strategy to it, um, but it was just such a great idea. I loved yeah. that because all you ever hear about is how Gur is impossible to play, and Domus is like, I got that fixed. And yeah, everybody had the same stats, but it made for a fun and interesting. Like, I've I've never I've never played in Gur before the tournament, not with the beast and all that stuff. Well, and what I liked is we all walked out of there with a piece of terrain that we can, or not a piece of terrain, but a piece of the game that we can use. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, okay, sometimes it's a pain in the ass when tournaments get these requests of like, oh, you're expected to make X, Y, and Z. If you're already struggling to get your army done, it's just sort of like an extra thing. Or sometimes if you're done, like in my case, I brought an army that was like 10 years old. And I was just kind of like, oh, God, that's right. I got to knock that damn thing out. Ugh, uh, fine. You know, so I took three days and banged out a monster. Yeah, um, but now you but got a monster. Case, it, yes, but now I got this monster that I can actually use, you know, so cool. It Yeah, because it's not like... In some tournaments where they make you make something that is very tournament specific that you will never use yeah. anywhere else. 
you know, this yeah, this is something you can absolutely use again. So you're you're absolutely right about that. Um it really it, it made for a fun wrinkle without without too many like I don't mind like uh you know the the secondary objectives thing. In fact now I know Alex incorporated that at Adepticon where it's like they've already got all these objective things you can do, so just pick from the list. Instead of making up all sorts of crazy scenarios or making a character or making you know this, this this you know on everybody's board this piece this particular piece of terrain is going to you know if you get near it you gotta take all these wounds it it, it always there's there, when you get too many extra rules in there you know what i'm talking about i can't follow it anymore dude i just lose interest and i get it because some guys play so much aos that Oh yeah, I've played Relocation Orb a million times. I know where to be. Blah 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 blah. But then, and if that's the core group of guys organizing that event, yeah, it makes sense for them to get nuts and add all this stuff because they need that extra juice. For filthy casuals like you and me, just straight up AOS is fine. You I, know, and I literally had people at the tournament saying, uh, "Do you do you want to roll for terrain?" Like, and it says, "Roll for your terrain," and I'd be like. Didn't even want to do that. Like, I just want to keep it simple. I'm like, yeah, let's at least roll for terrain. I mean, half the time you forget when you're near it anyway, unless you're actually looking at it. What it, do- you know, what I'm oh, saying? Totally. Yeah, I I agree. That's one thing I'm guilty of too. I always seem to forget about that portion of the game. But again, that just plays into me not playing all that much. You know. Exactly. Uh, so the, the the you know I don't mind a wrinkle here and there, but I don't need seven. And right. and we didn't have it was just it worked it worked really well I had such a good time I can't say enough about how well even the like all the little stuff he put together was it was yeah. really well thought out so and it Domus was great great job Domus yeah and he's all self deprecating he's like oh you know I, I stole this from this guy and I asked this guy if I could use this I didn't think of it all but it's like no dude you you made the call you put it together. Take the credit. It was it was fantastic. I it, I had a good it was time. Fun. It was funny. He and I were talking about that briefly on Saturday night. Like, uh, it, and yeah, you know, I was kind of worried about uh, taking this idea. And I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, wh- you, you run a great thing. If this is an amalgamation of all the experiences we've had at these different events, and you pick the best ones, yeah, that's what you do. I mean, you could. I mean, yeah. He was he was being nice, and he asked the people who came up with these ideas at their tournaments if he could use it. But honestly, even if you didn't, what are they going to do? Like, yeah, come at me. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> stole you stole my idea, man! You stole right. my idea. Uh, yes, I did. Thank you for that great. You, I beat. You know, it's you know what is it? Uh, Imitation is the serious form of flattery. Yeah. You know, just hey, you know, I, I did steal your idea. Would you like me to put your name in the in the uh, in the rule pack next time? I could put your name in the rule pack next time. Like, oh, yeah. come on, no, nobody cares. Nobody. Ca- and, and honestly, the people who run the tournaments who do care, those we know who those types of people are, and, and, and nobody deals with them anymore anyway. So yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the games we played? Because I did I, – there's a couple things. First of all, I would like to talk um, – and so you know it more than I do, but, you know, Fenske brought his overlords, and he did really well. Well, Fenske's no joke. I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but that dude knows how to play games. Oh, no, he does. Like, I didn't realize how good he was, but he does know. But he's – I mean, nobody – I don't – 
I just don't see people playing overlords. And he, nope. he's wrecking face with them. Yep. Yep. That's his jam. Uh, if if you're not familiar with Nick Fenske, you you will be if you're on the mid to top tables. That guy has a habit of picking armies that seem underpowered and uh, just finding that juice, you know, and, and really learning good positioning. And especially with the overlords, it's target priority, you know, figuring out what's the scary thing that he needs to get rid of. And uh, he'll do it, you know. Um, he managed to – and even when we were driving back, he was trying to figure out ways that he could go more – pure strain overlords because he does have a unit of evocators in there and he's got the knight of zeros uh but the zero stays for what it does in his army it's just too good to get rid of but oh yeah he was trying to figure out how do i just get rid of the evocator so i can be more you know pure book um overlords and uh i love it you know uh it, it's great to see that it's not always just so point you know not, not every army has to be point and click to be good guys you know like you can you can find good stuff in any book find what you like, love to play and play it and get good at it and yeah work yeah i mean it's just and sometimes you're just going to take a hard l there's nothing you can do about it you know i mean i i fight fought a flesh eater court player this dude nick super sweet guy really really great dude but he had like the grossest flesh eater list and I knew it was going to be a one turn game. And it was, you know, he got first turn. He shoved his things forward. He ate everything that I was, that I had that was scary. And then I was like, cool, my back hurts. And he's like, I've got a leave in my room. And I'm like, good, let's go get some back pills and just hang out and smoke cigs. You know, yeah, it was- <laughs> like it was fine, you know, and he was the whole time. He's just crushing my ass. You know, they can do that command point ability where they get to fight another round. Oh yeah. Oh, so he shoves this thing into like nine iron guts, eats half of them. And he's like, well, uh, you know, I could be a d- do it again, but you know, I, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, bro, I'm not going <laughs> to, my dudes aren't going to make it another turn. Like you going easy on me is not going to make this go that much longer. Go ahead and do it. Like, I don't care. I've got no emotional investment in this. Just finish me off and let's go hang out, dude. You're a cool guy. That was you know? so funny. Cause the whole time you were getting your games done pretty quick because oh my God, yeah. win or lose, you're like, either I'm deleting things or I'm getting deleted. Yeah. And so your yeah, games are was- going quick. <laughs> My last game, I'm playing against uh, young Jero, and he's got Stormcast, and I got Stormcast. But he had like what, like nine of the guys with the with the crossbows with the kickstand. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the uh, yeah. If I roll sixes, it's mortal wounds. And then he's running up with I, I think they're the, ev- the the ones that after they attack, they roll two two dice for every model. And yeah, oh, that's the evocators. Yeah, yeah. And I was playing now once again. I've got a lot of Stormcast, and I got a lot of primed Stormcast, but what's painted ready for tournament is basically what I had when they came out. So I've got some Judicators, some Liberators. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I threw in a couple of uh, a couple of the Ballistas, but it's like Retributors and stuff. He's just blowing them off the table. So, that, <laughs> like, middle of turn two, like, I'm looking around going – you you got this. Like it's done. Like let's play out this turn, and he just killed even more stuff, and I had just about nothing left. And I shook his hand, 
packed it up. I walked over to you. I'm like, man, you think you got your game done quick. 30 minutes, beat that. And you're like, great, loser. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be like me. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, it was... I had a lot of fun with the games. Um, I did play a couple of interesting things. One of the best things about going to tournaments like this is you get to play armies and people you don't normally play, obviously. Oh, dude. We were saying that in the drive up. Like, we play so seldomly that everything's new to me. Right. And um, so, like, like, the first game, I, you know, Domus allowed grudges, and I see you guys, like, two, three times a year. So I was like, Rotor, you want a grudge so we can actually make sure we get a game of AOS in? And he's like, oh, yeah. So, you know, we played our first game. Um, it was a fun game. I got really lucky with my dice. Like, my dice were hot. Um, yeah. But we had a good game. Now, of course, it went exactly... It's weird. Uh, at PACA, I won my first game, and then I went up against uh, Mike from the Detroit crew. And uh, he and he he beat me second game at at PACA and then I'm up against him second game here and he came in with the uh, oh he had that uh, the Skaven Tide oh yeah oh first of all the the you know you get your three little uh, you know warp holes and he's got the the stuff first of all the Scryer Acolytes which were the old Poison Wind guys yeah those guys are no joke oh I bet and it's a shame they haven't made new plastics for those yet. He actually did a cool thing. He bought a bunch of the uh, Skaven, uh, the Blood Bowl team. Oh, cool. And then he put on, like, backpacks that I think were from uh, Admech or the right. or, or whatever it is. And then uh, and then he took BBs and put them, like, in their hand and painted them up green. So they look like they're running. Instead of having a giant globe, they're all running, holding a globe. They looked great. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, they, really cool. They were really cool models. Um, but he had this Vermin Lord Warp Seer, and uh, that's the one that's got the four-up re-rollable, and then the five-up ward save. Sure. And then you throw the Ethereal Amulet on it. I hate that Ethereal Amulet. I really Yeah. So I just, like, I went up to it, and I'm like, I'm going to hit you with a billion shots, and I did. And then he's like, okay, fours. Okay, now that's half fours. Okay, that's at fives, because rend means nothing. I got trounced, but uh, it was kind of cool to see what that army can do. It, 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 you know. And he didn't even have like those, you know, what are the storm fiends and stuff like that, right? And it was still just, it was kind of gross. Like for me, still gnarly. Yeah, it just still was like you don't have a chance. No, I don't. Um, but I got to play against uh, Gloom Spite Gits. And oh, that's cool. They were super fun. I played against this dude, Frank, and um, just lots of Stabas and Squig Herds and those Boingratz Bounders. Those things get stupid. Oh, like, sure. It was so much fun to play uh, against. It was just, it was such a good time. Um, But yeah, every everyone I played, different stuff. I did play against the Deepkin, um, and I lost. That's one army I've never played against. Uh, there. Now I played against them with Alex, so I knew like turn three I was in trouble because sure. you know they get that we all hit you first stuff. Um, and it was close. Like I had a chance to win it, um, but it was on the objectives, and it just didn't quite go my way. Um, the guy I played was super nice, but I will say this: and this is would you what did you call it? Gross casual or just you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, we had a name for it back in the day. What the hell was it? 
accidental douchebaggery. <laughs> but no, no, we were sitting there playing, and like I said, I I don't play enough to know what all this stuff does. Even I've uh, so he's like, okay, so this guy can do, and he, I'm like, I just look, I'm like, okay, I'm like, after he explained it, like the first, like I'm like, I just looked at him and I said, and I did, I wasn't being rude. I'm like, I am not going to remember a thing you're telling me. And he's like, I'm like, just go ahead, roll your dice, and tell me what I need to do because. I don't get any like if you want to tell me I'm happy to listen but if you just want to hurry your gate because he's explained every one of those guys has all sorts of weird special things they can do oh yeah I know what you're talking about yeah I've I did that to a few players because they would start to get into it monologuing about what their does and I'm just like bro just let me know how many mortal wounds it does when it happens because it's not like I can stop it so or and I'm not going to plan for it at this point. Right. I'm set up, so and it, who cares? And it, and it wasn't like he was like, oh, I'm. It wasn't like bragging or like I'm going to trash you because he does this. He's like, I just want you to know what I'm doing here. And I'm like, dude, I trust you. I'm like, you know, like yep. <laughs> I never met you, but I don't. You don't seem like you're trying to cheat me. Just do your roles. Yeah. Tell me what I, how many saves I got to make and what the rend is because. Yeah, you got you got a nice face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that guy was actually funny. He's a he was like a music teacher, and I guess at the end of all of his rounds, like after he played with you and got to know you, he's like, "I've been doing this for all." My-. He pulls out this piece of paper, and it's like you know a half sheet of paper, and it's got you know like music bars on it. He's a music teacher, and he's like, uh, I, "I write a little theme music for everybody I play against after I play against them after I get a feel for them." And so he like wrote this music down, these notes, like just whipped it out. And I'm like, I can't read sheet music at all, bro. And he's like, oh, here's what it is. And he's like, D-d-d-d-. and I'm like, oh, that's, he's like, yeah, that's kind of the feel I got from this game. I'm like, cool. I have a theme song now. I think that guy wanted to bang you. Uh, he said he did it for all the players. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to assume it was that's true. That's what he told everybody. Yeah. That's what but I would dude, say too. Nobody wants to bang me. Not even Mrs. Whitek. Let's be honest here. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey man, just preaching to the choir, buddy. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> She she won't bang me either. <laughs> she might. You never know. That's so, true. I'm, I'm a, I got a pretty nice face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. All in all, though, great tournament. Any other any other game pretty- highlights or things you wanted to talk about that you just want to throw out there that were really fun? Because um, no, I don't know. I mean, uh, I played uh, Colin from um, Detroit. He was a really cool guy. I played. Uh, Miranda, she was really cool. Nick was a super rad dude. Um, Miranda's uh, fun. Her and Curtis yeah. are so much fun. White Curtis, yep. <laughs> yeah, White Curtis. White Curtis. Um, um, and uh, God, who I can't remember the last guy I played. He was really, it was a really fun game too. We were doing a, it was Iron Jaws versus my Gutbusters, and it was the most violent game ever. Like. Top of turn one, a thousand points was deleted off the table. That's fantastic. Like every turn, it would be like, boom, another thousand points is gone. Boom. It was like a two turn game. And we would just delete a quarter of the table each turn. And then he'd go delete, delete, delete. And then we're done. Like it was so violent. (laughs) You know, like he was just sitting there like, oh, my God, man, you're just going to come at me. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. Like we're both playing destruction. It's yeah. go time, you know. And what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I'm either going to hit you or you're going to hit me. There's no, there's no hiding yeah. in this game anymore. Yep. Um, yep. So, and speaking of, thanks to those guys, they were really great. Yeah, I, uh, five great games, and yep. I don't always have five great games. I try to have five great games. Sometimes you get a clunker, and no clunkers. 
It was just everyone was really nice. Now, speaking of playing the Detroit guys, you got to give those guys props, man. Uh, oh, yeah. First, second, and third place. Yep, yep. You Detroit's know. no joke, man. I mean, they, they, they punch in. That's what they do. You and, know, you know it's it, it, and, and I uh, like what last month they went to a tournament and took first, second, third too. I mean, like these guys are smashing it all over the place. Yeah, uh, and give them credit. Like you know, back in back in eighth when people you'd, you'd get some of these really ridiculous things. Like I used to get a little salty. Like I never had a bad game with any of them. Like I've played Brad a bunch of times, and Brad will kick your teeth in, and you're smiling and thanking him at the end of the game because you have a fun game. Yep. And I think that's what's important is these guys. They come. They come and they play hard lists and they're playing a hard game, but they always make sure you have fun. Like even with with the Skaven, I was done at turn three, but we're having a blast doing it. You know. Well, and I mean, sports is a factor. You know, you can't just you know roll over dudes, not say much, and then it's done. Like, and we both uh, had games with people like that, and that's yeah. the worst. Like, they don't even want to talk. They're just sitting, staring at the board, and you can see it's like that meme with all the math stuff going through their head. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to interact. I'm trying to play just, it's like, dude, <laughs> I'm here to have and a good I'm, time. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm up here. Right yeah. here, bro. Yeah, back in eighth, I would whenever I encountered that, uh, I would literally just push my stuff forward and get it over with. You know, I would just hand them the game. Cause I'm like, dude, I, I don't play at that level. I'm not interested in it. Like you, you're doing a different thing than I am. So let's just wrap this up. Cause you play at such a high level. You're gonna get me. So let's just get to it. If you're not going to make it enjoyable, I'll just give it to you. And then I can go do something else. Yeah. Exactly. We can finish the game. I'll go find my buddies and go smoke. You can go find your buddies and tell them how, how quickly you beat me. And I have yeah, no sure. problem with you that go, at all. You go tell them what a <laughs> I am and moving on. <laughs> and I'll just get on with our lives. So, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, congrats to all those guys. They, they did great. Yeah, no, that was really Actually, good. And congrats to Sean Clark because he bought my Skaven army off me last, last weekend. Oh, did he? Yeah, it finally happened, buddy. I, and it's because I wanted to just have like a guilt-free war cry purchase. <laughs> I was like, that's all I want. And, you know, I just bought this dog, so money's been a little tight. So I'm like, you know what? I'm boxing this up. I started photographing all of the units separately, and I'm exhausted. I had like 30 different things to post, put online, and I just put a message out to Brad. I'm like, dude, does any of your crew want Skaven? And right away, he's like, yeah, Sean's looking. So I texted Sean. I'm like, dude, 250 bucks. It's in a box. Just pay the shipping and, and it's done. And I mean, no, that's probably 1500 bucks worth of stuff. I mean, it's like everything you could possibly want for Skaven. And oh, he was just yeah. Like, I do the same. Oh my God, done. You know, I'm like, yeah, just get it out of my house. Exactly. Uh, I mean, when I'm selling something, it's like, yeah, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to, you, you know, I'm not trying to get, make what I paid for it. I'm trying to get it out. Yeah. That, yeah so. I know where you're coming yeah. from with that. Um, house. Now, I don't have the list of all the winners, and quite frankly, you can go look that up. Domus has all that listed. I don't really care. However, um, he did do the cool thing that Raj always does. He called all the winners up, and then you don't know what you won, and he's kind of announcing what everybody won. Now, the fun part was um, if you had your beast painted and you want to have it you know, up there was a table that said, put your beast out there, and everyone could vote for their favorite beast. Um, 
we were having a good time while it was like the last game is ending and people are still getting their votes in and everyone's got theirs off the table and you're like, I'm leaving it up there. There's only a few left. Let's min-max these chances. I'm just min-maxing votes, bro. Yeah, <laughs> You know, hey, honestly, I was one of those late voters and I know half the people pulled their stuff off and I was just like, oh, well, here's what's left. And, uh, you know, people are voting. I'm watching people vote. Um, and congrats. You won the best beast from the judges and yeah. you won best beast by votes you won them both which is absolutely crazy you're you're dude it it you know i'm not trying to blow smoke it it did look great it popped and that's what it is is and this is where all you minnesota guys paint at this level where it's just that extra highlight and that third extra highlight and that fourth extra highlight that i can't be bothered with and a lot of other people can't be bothered with either and you walked up to the table and yours just stood out because of that. And I think that it, it was it was an attention grabber. You well, know? it was big and it was simple. And and uh, if you want to look it up, it's uh, what the hell is it called? Like the Death Maw from Reaper, the Reaper Bones right. uh, series of models. So it's large and, you know, it's detailed, but not a ton. So what ends up happening is when you look at it, against a bunch of other like GW models, you know, you're staring at them from a couple feet away. So a lot of that detail in these larger scale GW models gets kind of lost. But for some reason, this dude, it just worked. Like he just sort of clicked. Well, he's got all the ridges. It's that. almost like, like you said, it's like that moth. It's like almost like a big sandworm coming out with the open mouth, but it's got all the ridges along the thing, which just, like you said, you highlighted each of those up. So it had that nice yeah. rich red color that came out and Opt and just grabbed your eye from six, seven feet away. Yeah, and that was uh, my first foray with the contrast paints. Really? So yeah, so I sprayed it with that uh, that same one, like that wraith bone or whatever right. it is. Yeah, or no gray sear. Oh, That's you did the, the gray I sear. I okay, get bone. Yeah, I got gray sear. And yeah, I did blood angels across the whole thing, and then I did uh, I think skeleton horde on the belly. And just let that dry. And that's when I was like, okay, so this is basically just brown wash on red paint. You know, because I literally first outing, I hadn't watched any real videos about it yet. I just went for it. And then I'm like, okay, well, we got to, I got to build up detail in the places where there aren't any. So there was a lot of like these teeth and stuff coming off of it. And it had very like shapeless sort of tissue around the teeth. So I just went in with like squig orange and just sort of like painted in dots and just painted in bumps that weren't there, you know, and then just any place. I didn't that even popped, notice I that. Just, that was all flat. Yeah. And you just, oh, I thought those really were bumps and ridges that you painted. No, that's all painted on. Oh. I just like added detail that actually wasn't there. And at first I was a little leery about it, but I'm like, ah, go for it. You know, like, and I wasn't, I wasn't thinking I would walk away with any kind of prize for this thing because no dude i painted that in about four or five hours but i was strategic about it and i was talking to a few guys at the paint table about it uh, when we were looking at all the models because they're you know saying oh god it, it's crazy looking and i'm like no dude look at it up close literally i sat it underneath my lamp watch where the light hit and i only threw pulled lines where the light was hitting and that's it so it's just very strategic. I didn't highlight the whole model. I only highlighted like 25% of it, but it's the 25% that mattered. If you flip it upside down and look at it, it's black. Look at you min-maxing on the paint job and on the voting. Well, right, because even when I applied the 
you know, I did a Zenithal um, Prime to begin with, too. So I sprayed the whole thing black and then hit it with um, the... Uh, the bone. The gray sear or, the or gray whatever. Sear, right. yeah. Hit it with a gray sear from above. So I've already got shadow play to work with. Then go in with the contrast. And yeah, just punching those highlights only where they need to be. You know, and a lot of people make the mistake of overpainting stuff. They'll paint the underside of things and whatever. You don't have to, especially if you're just shooting for tabletop, dude. Most of my models nowadays, you turn them upside down, they're black. But when you stand them up and look, look at them on the table, they look cool. But I've literally only painted like half of the model, really. It's just you're painting the spots that matter. You don't realize how easy tabletop standard is sometimes, how much you can get away with. Because like you said, you're looking at it from two, three feet away. I'm not picking up people's models on the table and looking at them unless something really grabs my eye and I, oh, can I look right. at this? You know, you're pushing your, you know, 20, your, your unit forward in your little tray and I'm not, you know, I'm not inspecting it, you know. It's, I just want it to look decent when I'm playing against it, you know. Right, and, I, and I've found that's where, like a lot of people, in my opinion, they paint and they only get about 70% of the way done in terms of how light those highlights should be because really like how i got i mean my highlights on that worm go basically up to almost white and what kept happening was i'd paint it i'd highlight it with some with some orange and then i'd put it down in my you know my living room table outside of my office and walk by it under regular lighting and that's when i'd realize like okay it looks cool underneath my really high uh your daylight light bulbs yeah yeah, they look great there, but I put it on a table in regular room light. It's it looks dark. So then I bring it back in, punch it even more, and so like now when I look at it under my daylight lamps, yeah, it looks insane, but in a regular lit room, it looks great. And that's... a lot of people are afraid to highlight that high, but that's what really makes it pop. And a lot of times it's just dots. You're just throwing down a white dot here and there at the very very tip of something, and that's what really makes it punch and look striking. When you've when you're setting something out, that's a really great tip because that's that's. But I mean, I painted my gits and I looked at them. And I'm like, wow, this actually turned out really nice for what I was trying to do with the with the purple cloaks because I want. I'm I was I did them all with purple cloaks because I was practicing to see what I would do for my death army. You know what I'm saying? I was using that as a practice thing because I'm like, ah, oh, it's my my underworld crew, and I highlighted it up to where I thought it was really good, and then we brought it in, and that room. I mean, I like the room at Acon. God, the lighting was awful. Terrible lighting. And I, I mean, everything looked black. Like my, like everything was so. Like I'm like, I actually did a nice job, you know. But like when I was showing it to Jimbo and Mitzi, I was like, I pulled out my phone and turned the light on on it because I'm like, you can't even tell that I highlighted the thing in that kind of dark. It's like, yeah, going back with that extra. I'm one of those guys who stop and it looks good out on the table, and then later on you're looking at like, wow, I, I thought it looked good. And I don't know oh, what's yeah. wrong with it, and it's like um, that. So this is some good advice. And that white dot, I got writing that one down. Oh yeah, dude! I actually learned that from painting Infinity models. Ugh. Just like just little little dots here and there of like a real, if not white, real close to white, and uh, it just sort of makes everything punch, you know. And right. that's the that's really the portion of painting that I enjoy the most. You know, I mean, I mentioned earlier that you know I got all these. Uh, underworld crews that were like 80% done. They just needed that last 20%. That's the part that I really like, 
you know, like, and, and even if you're painting and you got to walk away from it for a couple of days because you're burned out doing your, you know, your base coats and your washes and whatnot, step away from it for a couple of days, then come back. And that's the fun stuff when you're just punching out those highlights, finishing that model off and really bringing it to light. But unfortunately, a lot of guys just paint a straight line, got to get this done, but, but, and then they're finished, but you're sort of missing out on the, really what I consider like the most enjoyable part of the process. I think a lot of people, they don't want to take it too far because, I, I mean, you've seen some of these armies, like like even in the White Dwarf, you'll see some, they used to do, I, I remember seeing that Chaos Army that went up, it was, went from purple up to pink up to white, and it's so, I mean, it's almost like electric neon at that point right? under the really bright lights, and you're just like, ugh, whoa. You know, uh, and I think some people are afraid to overdo it. You know, I'm, I'm just lazy, but I think some people are afraid to overdo it. But I think, like you, like you pointed out, if you want that pop, that's what you got to do. Well, and you can always walk it back. You know, you can always take the next lower down shade and just erase it, you know, paint it back out. True. If it doesn't work and you don't like how it looks, just get rid of it. And that's another thing I think a lot of painters forget is like, if you screw up, just go back and repair it. Like, just don't go, oh, God, I'm done, and throw it out. Like, just mess with it. I screw up all the time when I paint. I just got to go back. I, I'm just patient enough to go back and rework it a bit, you know. And then sometimes you just get a, get a happy accident, like in all art forms. You know, you'll a, a brush stroke will go a little weird on you, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, wait a minute. That looks dope. <laughs> yep. You know? Like, sometimes you just get lucky. A lot of times you get lucky. Yeah, I've I've learned more from accidents, from my mistakes. Oh, wait a minute, this. Oh, there you go. Try this. You know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm by no means like a golden demon painter or anything. Like I just try to get cool stuff out. I just paint how I like to paint, and you know, I've been doing it a long time. Yeah, and it's 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 really flattering to like win anything at these things because you know in the Midwest the. The bar is actually pretty high. Like when all the the key players show up, there's some real heat out there on the battlefields. I mean, there's great painters paint. all over the place. Um, uh, uh, but seriously, the the Midwest, you know, the, Wisconsin, Minnesota, these guys here, there's, I mean, especially you Minnesota guys, you guys bring the heat with your paint. It's everybody's bringing some top notch stuff. It's it's. It's kind of bananas. The Midwest has some amazing paint jobs, like you said. The competition gets fierce uh, at these at, at the more hobby centric events. Like, I mean, you know as well as I do. You go to pack and you look around at what people are painting, and you're just like, wow. Like when you get those top few to pick from, it's like it becomes hard choices. Oh yeah, you can't get emotionally invested in trying to paint win paint events out here because. Usually it's all your buddies that are the main competition and you all paint together. Like we all share the techniques we've learned or the tricks we figured out. Like it's actually really cool to have this sort of scene where it's like, Hey man, how'd you do that? Oh yeah, no, it's this, this and that. And that's all you do. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to steal that. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's great. Cause everybody's got a room full of trophies. You know, we sort of take turns. <laughs> You know. Well, uh, I think that's about it. You know what? Let's take a, let's take a quick break because I got to take one yep. more break, and then we'll we'll come back and wrap up the show because cool. I think we're hit just about everything we can. 
Yeah, I think so, bud. All right. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. again here we are chris and i doing it doing it um any any final thoughts other than just hey i want to thank domus for running a great tournament one more time domus and all his all his guys i can't remember anybody's names but you know obviously his support staff was great um oh yeah you know the 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 hotels uh wasn't the best but whatever hey they had those great restaurant those those the restaurant was good. Yeah. Yeah, the restaurant was good, but God, the, the beds were so damn bad. It was crazy, but that's that's not Homeboy's fault. No, no. Um, and he said he, he wanted to have it somewhere next year, different next year anyways, but it was absolutely stellar event. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like I said, every, oh, the uh, – you know, dude, talk about prize support. Talk about the people, you know. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know exactly. I don't remember which. I mean, there was several people who gave prizes, but he had a table full of prizes. And okay, best way to do it, he was just random drawn names. It was door prizes. If you were there, you had a chance. It. it uh, while I don't mind if you want to raffle things off for charity, you know, the tournament's over. Everybody wants to go home, and we got to run through a hundred tickets. Yeah, to- lose the raffle, guys. Raffles are dead. Yeah. Uh yeah, if you want to raise money for a charity and ask people to bring stuff, go ahead. But the raffle, I mean, there I am in the middle of a game. Domus like, I need you to come over here. I'm like, what did I do? And he's like, oh no, you won something. It's like, oh cool. You know, people are just winning prizes. It was a huge amount of prizes. I don't have the list of all the different people who were donating prizes to that table, but it was bananas. I mean, there was full on those. You know, the the what the eighty five or hundred dollar. You know, the the battalion boxes or whatever they're called now. Um for all that stuff all you know and he's got the big prize table the medium prize table and little prize table and he's pulling stuff off people are winning stuff all weekend it was just every part of it was just so much fun it's funny i never win random stuff like that my life luck does not lean that way anything else in life if i kind of wish for it i get it but like (laughs) i support i never been my thing never 
I, I got to pick off the crazy. small table, and there was a lot of the little individual models, but for armies I don't play, and then there was a Slambo, and I'm like, I don't need a Slambo. But they had the uh, Night Haunt cards. I'm like, hey, I never bought these. I'm playing them. Got some Night Haunt cards. Oh, oh yeah, cool. Super excited. Yeah, that's handy. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So, but uh, all in all, I can, I, I'm hoping that it comes on, that you know, because he's got to set up the weekend for next year. Uh, and as long as it doesn't, I hope it doesn't conflict with Gen Con being too close because I so want to go to this next year. I have, I, this is, this is going to become a regular event for me if I, if I have anything to say about it, cause it was too much fun. Okay. So what, what if it does conflict? Does Gen Con win? If it's the same weekend as Gen Con, because I go with the wife and with Harrison, I'm going to Gen Con just because that's, Uh-oh. that's like a family thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, we well, always go all together. Do, what you should do is just kill your family. That's that is an option. Yeah, I'm. Hey, listen, I'm just putting it out there. You know, <laughs> then you can do whatever you want. Then you can just hang out with us. Well, it's and, cool. And once again, as long as it's not on that weekend, I'm yeah. good because now they're all old enough. Where it's like, um, you're going to be gone the weekend before, and the, yeah, and and what? Then who cares? Because they can all watch themselves. Nobody needs me. You know, I'm beautiful. pretty confident uh, Homeboy is aware of well, that I, conflict because there's a lot of people that want to go to Gen Con. And I, and I think he already mentioned the dates, and it's going to be earlier in July, I think, next cool. year a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I, I will be doing everything in my power to make sure that this is on my list. I only do about three or four tournaments a year. This is on the list. Yeah, we were referring to it as Summer Wapaka, basically. Yeah. That's exactly how it felt because it was very hobby oriented. It was very uh, oh, and and congrats, you know, White Curtis won uh, best sports. Yep, yep. He, good dude. Yeah, he was he was good time. So, um, I guess that's it. So, listen, I can't remember, just to clarify, I can't remember why we called him White Curtis, but it's not a white power thing. Just so we're clear, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is Curtis yeah. was not a racist, but I can't remember why we came up with that. But then it stuck. And then that was the only way I could remember his name. And I could just tell it made people feel uncomfortable every time I said, yo, White Curtis. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and of course, us hanging out, being just on a guy's weekend, you know, yeah. we said it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Exactly. As soon as it makes people uncomfortable, we do it more. So, right. You know, and it seemed funny at the time, but now I can't remember why. And no, he's not uh, part of the Aryan Nation. He's a very sweet good dude, very cool guy. And uh, his wife Miranda is also super cool. No, yeah, they're good people. Just, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, once again, hey Chris, I cannot thank you enough for jumping in here and and doing this with me while Alex is on vacation. Um, and if, if there's ever anything that comes out, like you get a book that comes out, you're like, dude, I'm all about this book. You ever want to come back on? You know, you're welcome. Yeah. If I have anything to talk about, sure. Sure. All right, so uh, before we go real quick, uh, once again, I need to thank all the Patreon, uh, our Patreon sponsors. Thank you for those of you who think this show is actually worth money, um, because I think you're crazy, but I love you for it. Uh, And again, the associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC, thank you all for uh, being a part of this show. And until next time, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page 
at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.